hello, hello, beautiful people. Welcome to 321 No Kidding. I am Bobby the Awesome. And I'm here to chat with you about some things. I have a little list going, actually. So it's this. It's Mother's Day, actually, when I'm recording this. I don't know when it'll be published, but it's Mother's Day when I'm recording this. And it is also the weekend of Kentucky Derby. And I am here in... Hopefully nobody gets offended by the way I say Louisville, Louisville, however you want to say it. And it's been an experience to be here, that's for sure, for the last couple of weeks, because the whole town goes crazy for this. And I loved, the best definition I got was from this gentleman at a gas station. I may have shared this with you, but he says it's like they get to have the Super Bowl in their backyard every year, um, and they have a two-week celebration front for it. I heard they even raced uh one of those boats, steamboats across the river from Indiana and Ohio and uh, stuff that's a little out of my comfort zone. I went to the website to figure out how to get to the fireworks and that was about the extent of it. Um, however, my client is one of the big sponsors and does a lot with it. And it's just been interesting to hear the buzz. And I think what I liked mostly was that the buzz wasn't all about gambling. It was about this town celebrating. That being said, I still felt guilty. Like I, I had these little, uh, I recorded from the store the other day, um, them making the garland, right? Cause I'm playing with flowers and they were playing with flowers and I guess they make the garland for the horse. I don't really know what that's all about. I didn't even watch the Kentucky Derby myself. Um, I did have one of my employees that went and, uh, she was asking me for lucky numbers. And then I had another employee, which we do gratitude every day. That's part of our practice. We jump on a Zoom call and we practice gratitude. And that way we can go out into the world and just start our days off in a positive way. That's my intention. It's also fun. We're starting to get a little silly about it. And um, the gratitude from one of my teammates was she was grateful that she could bet on the horses online now. We know I would think that's a little scary. And I didn't come at her from a place of judgment, thankfully, because um, that wasn't really what it was about. It wasn't that she's a compulsive gambler. Oh, my goodness. Now you guys get to see me on holy macaroni. It's because I'm trying to stifle a cough. Anyway, her grandparents used to own resources, and that was why the track had meaning to her. And I'm bringing this up because you guys know I feel pretty passionate about how normal gambling is embedded in our society as a general rule. So now I'm like in this subculture uh, where it was, where it's brought up in this different way and it's going to be everywhere. There are people maybe out there that can gamble normally. I'm not one of them. If you're checking this out and you're asking yourself, you're probably not one of them. That's not for me to say only you. And I have my circle of not normal gambling friends, the ones who can't gamble normally again, which is part of what I wanted to talk about as we uh, chat today. But I want to finish up this first thought. Not every person who gambles is a compulsive gambler. And it's not always the intention about chasing the bet or the high or the dopamine fix or the whatever it is, the escape. I feel like because I've been around a lot of folks in recovery and that are active gamblers or relapse or, you know, all the things that I can kind of see it, you know, just 
the potential, I guess, even, right? And I have this other dear friend, and he's only 21, and this, like, totally hurts my heart. He's a relatively new friend, and he's just this sweet kid. And he lost his mom a year ago, April. And when I talked to him yesterday, he was telling me about he had lost lost about a week's pay at the casino this past week. And he's been, his drinking has been ramping up. He used to have a rule about once a week and now it's just getting more and more. And what's interesting is a, he's very honest and just tells me not that he has to, and not that he has to hide it. So, right. You can look at that from both, both lenses, but he literally said, well, it's that time of year. So he's actually present enough to know that he's using the gambling and the drinking to cope with the loss and to not have to think about his mom not being here at Mother's Day. Um, They're very, very close. And it's a lot for him. And I worry for him, especially because come to find out our families are related and the two that the couple that would make us, you know, that whole related through marriage thing. Are, abs- are actually big gamblers themselves. They would be some of the ones that I worry about using gambling for whatever their reasons are. Now, I can't go around fixing everybody's reasons. Um, I can't do the, the deep work for everybody. I can't tell them that what they're running from probably didn't ha- happen or isn't what's happening recently that they're probably running from something deeper from all that stuff at the bottom of our bucket. It's not my, my job to tell people directly. And that was a situation I ran into with one of my um, cohorts the other day. We still have an active WhatsApp thread in my gambling center community from back in New York. And this particular person is working on becoming uh, a counselor or a super advocate or some along that line. Like, I think she's a formal recovery coach and she takes another test in, in May and she's been working at a drug and alcohol place, uh, methadone clinic, something to that effect. And she posts in our group uh, something to the effect of, she was having urges because where she works is really close to the casino. I wrote this whole big text about choices and blah, blah, blah. Now this person has actually been to prison for her stealing to gamble and didn't like it. I don't think anybody really likes prison, but didn't like it to think about the fact that she actually was having urges and was considering gambling as a recovery coach, as someone who's been in prison, she knows the stakes. She knows what the stakes are. Luckily she didn't gamble to best of my knowledge. She's shifted gears and doing some family stuff this weekend. But when we were talking yesterday, so talk to, to both the 21 year olds and then this girl yesterday. And it's funny because I just had an aha moment about their similarities. So she's telling me about these addicts that are, uh, they'll take their methadone and put it in. They're finding ways to smuggle the methadone out, sell it on the streets. They're finding ways to uh, create side hustles with tag taxi companies that move the people around and fake addresses and all this stuff. And she knows it's insurance fraud. And I watched her do this with her city too. Like the town she lives in is far away and, and, and she'll blame the town and be really upset about uh, people dying during COVID and people not responding enough and everything. You know, she has this lens on, she's seeing things and she's like, oh, it needs to be this way. 
Now, I, don't, I can't generally speak one way or another. Like, who am I to say it should or shouldn't be? That's part of my evolution and part of what I want to teach you guys is it doesn't have to be any particular thing. Like, recovery doesn't have to be any particular thing. You don't have to listen to a podcast. You don't have to read a book. You don't have to go to a meeting. You could do whatever works for you as long as you're taking care of yourself and mind, body, and spirit. It's kind of as simple as I get. So... As she's telling me all this stuff, I kept asking her this one question. What does this have to do with you? What does this have to do with you? Well, I don't want to be involved in the Medicaid fraud and blah, blah, blah. And I have to sign off. And in psychology, they have these things called, I think they're called fallacies or there's a C word involved. But essentially, she's catastrophizing. That's one of the C words. There's all these things like using the word ever and never or never and always. And there's these different groups. I remember going over with my counselor in Kansas, but I guess we're going on 10 years ago now. So no, five years ago, 2023, holy macaroni, 20. Yeah, it's been a while. There's all these different things. And, and, and she was kind of catastrophizing, but I could not for the life of me connect the dots on why these addicts behaviors would impact her in a way that she would blow her own recovery. And I was trying to connect those dots for her and she was having no part of it, right? Like, nope, she was in full, what I call attitude mode, right? Like, wants to play the blame game, wants to play victim. And here's where I'm at. And, and this is my 21 year old. Yeah. He lost his mom. Yeah. It's been over a year. It's not for me to say how long it takes to grieve and he could take as long as he wants. But he's also got the girl stuff, too, that he tells me about, you know, uh, girls that have been not nice to him, but yet he still allows in his life. And then he goes through the same cycles every weekend. Oh, she loves me. She loves me. That kind of stuff. And we have the same conversations over and over again. And here's the thing, whether it's my recovery coach friend playing victim or it's my 21 year old's probably one of the closest things I have to a kid of my own, the way that I coach this fella through life. No matter who it is, they're not helping themselves. That's my opinion. And why is it my responsibility? And I said this to the fella. I was like, you do know it. If you keep saying the same stuff and you're not helping yourself, like, I don't have to listen to that. I don't. It's not that I don't support you and love you, but why do I have to take the action of listening to you? Why do I have to invest my time and energy when you're not investing your time and energy? And it's the same with the recovery coach and the, and the victim mindset. It's the same one. I probably told you the story about us going for our motorcycle license. And, you know, she's pissed at me because I got mine on the first try and she didn't. She didn't know how to stay in her lane. And guys, this is, this is the theme of, of what I want to talk about today. Is I've called it staying in her lane before. But as I study more and more under Grant and I pay attention to my own personal development, what it, what it really is, is taking responsibility for our own stuff. That's how we get over the victim, the victim stuff. And just kind of like, we don't have to worry about everybody else because it's hard enough worrying about ourselves. And I don't even like using the word worry because we shouldn't really be worrying because worrying is like, I heard this somewhere, like reverse praying. Worrying is like praying for the bad stuff to happen you know, in the world of manifesting. So how I removed and am very conscious about using the word H-A-T-E, I think I'm going to lose some worry too. I need to put some, some effort onto that. But essentially, 
if nothing changes, nothing changes. They say that in the rooms all the time. And that's what I'm experiencing. And I guess maybe I'm venting because I'm making the choices and I know I'm going to have to decrease my contacts because here's the thing. And this is, this is what it comes down to as an individual in recovery. I, first of all, I don't have the time to invest in that. If I, if, if I'm going to have a conversation with someone, I want it to be a quality conversation. It doesn't have to be hours long and it doesn't have to be quality every time, but I don't want to hear the same nonsense every time. I don't want to feel like it's my responsibility to fix you or your problems. That doesn't interest me. I want to be around people that take responsibility for their own actions, whether it's using gambling, not using gambling, uh, their relationships. Like, And sometimes it's hard as, as the person in the thing looking at it. I know I've struggled with that. The person in the thing, the situation, we don't always see things clearly. What's actually aggravated me the most about my relationship struggles the last five years is that I can see a lot of it clearly, but I choose to ignore it. Or I have this kindness piece and and this confusion about my recovery where I almost give so much forgiveness and I don't have resentment. Um, It's just, it creates these other cycles where I can, can continue to get hurt. So for the recovery coach girl that I'm talking about, if she carries the weight of all these people, of, of addicts that are just not ready to make the choice to not be addicts, and then she relapses, how do you think this story is going to go? This is how I think it's going to go. They stressed me out. They abused the system. They put me at risk for Medicaid fraud. They, 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 right? And that's all victim. And she has the power right now to make a choice to be like, this doesn't impact my recovery. I know how to take care of myself. And I know what I'm saying, guys, is easier said than done. But she has to make that choice and she has to do the actions to protect her recovery. It's so easy. There's always going to be theys and those and the people. And there's always going to be something, some story, some situation, some problem. It's one of the things I love, again, in the business world I'm learning so many lessons that are actually translating into recovery. And then my recovery stuff really translates into business. But Matt Smith from Wake Up Pueblo says, there are no problems, only situations. And I'm, I'm coming to really believe that. And the other thing is other people's problems and situations are my problems and situations. Well, passionate about that. Can you tell? So that's really what I wanted to explore with you today. Take a look at your conversations. You know, are, are they adding value to the, your life or are they ripping away at your bucket, right? Like we've talked about the bucket. We keep it full with the positive and, and we've scooped out all the negative in a perfect world and we got through all this shit and, and we keep ourselves replenished so that when there is situations, we can handle them. So why would you ever want to carry other people's shit and put it in your bucket, then you don't got room for your own positive stuff. I tell you, I've been not proud of myself at moments with this new job. We're in an environment where we're doing the right things. And as a a blanket statement, there's not a lot lot of appreciation because I'm walking into a fire pit that was really, really broken. And even though my team is doing such a good job, there's so little trust that people want to 
let go of their frustrations for everything that happened before I was even here. But if I want to fix it, I have to take responsibility for it. Whether I broke it or not, it's still my responsibility to make it right and keep the customer happy. So it's really interesting navigating that every day with my people. And I will be honest, there has been situations like I was at a store yesterday and um, I asked for help and a manager's like, oh, we don't have enough people. Now in my head, I'm thinking, okay, but I'm one of those extra people that's trying to help you right now. Can you help me help you? Because if you piss me off and I have my attitude on, I'm leaving and now you're two people short or, you know, one person short more than you were in the first place. So I'm a little grumpy about that. I'll be honest, especially because what I saw him doing, my perception was not of great value. Like he could have helped me with what I was asking for. So I just found it wasn't a problem. It was a situation. And I just changed the situation, communicated with a different person. Hey, couldn't get the support on this. This is how I'm handling it, whatever. And I felt better about it. And luckily I'm present enough to notice when I'm doing those things, even in the moment. Why am I got my bitchy pants on? Um, sarcasm. I need to say this out loud, but my sarcasm is a defense mechanism or a coping mechanism, right? If I'm angry, I'm sarcastic. Or if I'm annoyed, I could be sarcastic or whatever all those feelings are. Um, sometimes sarcasm is funny, but not the way I choose to use it. I use it to be insulting almost. And that's not who I want to be. I don't want to be insulting people. I want to be helping people. So that's another opportunity area for me. So yeah, so those are my thoughts. Kentucky Derby didn't have to be about betting. I don't have to listen to other people's problems. And I have to protect my own recovery and stay in my lane. Like, it's just that simple. Oh, well, I got you. I got to tell you. I'm very excited. Like I said, today is Sunday of Mother's Day. And um, I had a friend ask me if when we were going to Nashville to meet. And I had said this date, which is next Friday. And I was like, well, let's go during this. And um, it was up in the air. He had to check his schedule and all of this stuff. But the next day after I proposed that date, I get an email and it's Justin from Blue October, the wonderful band that plays our opening and closing music that he gave us permission to use. But he's doing his open book tour, which based on what I've seen from YouTube and different things, he basically goes around and he kind of tells some of his life story with the music that he's playing. And he was playing in Nashville on Friday night. So that's my treat to myself. Uh, I'm very looking forward to that. Unfortunately, my friend can't make it for this, but that's okay. I'm going to go anyway, and I'm going to just have a blast, really, because uh, I can. And I know it's good for my recovery, and it's good for filling my bucket with self-care good stuff. So, all right. Well, I'm going to leave you. Happy Mother's Day to everyone. I am sending love and gratitude to all the mommies out there. Even if you're getting this message a little late, know that people love you and appreciate all that you do for us. And one of the biggest things I know now is most of the time people are just doing the best that they can. So give yourself some grace and know that you're loved. All right, beautiful people. Until next time. Bye.